You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Crump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud today. Manning takes off. He's inside the five to the end zone. He dives. Touchdown. All right, everybody. It's Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan going live like minutes before round two. Um, day two, actually. Both. Um <laughs> Uh, we're we're live. We're gonna do a live broadcast. Uh, I don't know, just for fun. Uh, the cranky fan didn't feel so well um, last night and the night before, so I kind of rode a lot solo. But and we haven't spoken pretty much at all, right? Yeah, and it's had nothing to do with the draft picks or anything. I really have been sick the last couple of days, so yeah. yeah so um, you know, the Giants. We'll get into details in a little bit. Um, obviously, I was really active on Twitter. Um, but the Giants traded their second-round pick uh, along with a fourth and a fifth to move up to the first round. So they're not on the clock as of right now until pick 95. So that's like two and a half hours from now. So I felt comfortable just kind of doing this live round one yeah. reaction and round two expectations um, You know, right now. So um, anyone who's following me already knows how I feel about a lot of stuff. So Cranky Fan, <laughs> take it away. What, what do you want to talk about? Well, I mean, we can talk about the uh, you know the big topic out there. Obviously, you know we for weeks and weeks we were talking about we didn't think the Giants were going to take a quarterback, and they go ahead and do. I'm rather surprised by it. Uh, I'm not freaking out like Giants Nation is, and I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But uh. I thought it was interesting that was the quarterback they picked. I thought that was interesting when they when he took a quarterback. You know, from thinking about from last year to this point, of all the entry points they, they could have gone in to get a quarterback, thinking about last year's draft, free agency, another free agency, a trade, this draft class, and this particular pick. I think it's just a little interesting of what they decided on. This is going to be our franchise guy going forward. And they did not draft Daniel Jones as a stopgap quarterback. No. The, 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 the goal was to pick him as, you know, maybe not a Hall of Famer, maybe not a 15-year starter, starter, but it's definitely one who will be a starter for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Um, when you pick a quarterback, uh, you know, I would say anywhere inside the top 10 – you are making a franchise move. Um, you know, th- there's a lot of things that I was reacting to when I said, ooh, shit. Uh, there was a lot of things I was reacting to when I said this, but, you know, Gettleman's career is on the line for last year and this year. You know, taking Barkley at two last year is a huge move when you pass up on Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, and to a certain extent, I guess, Lamar Jackson. Um, you know, and then taking Daniel Jones at six this year um, but but let's stop right there for a minute. This thing about you know it's putting his career on the line and everything. Isn't that true really of any general manager who, who's making major picks like this? Hundred you know, percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, not, and, the, and, the, and the second thing is too, he is a general manager who has a track record. It's not like he's just you know the owner's son who is gifted into the job and has no background and no pedigree of doing anything. This is a guy who built his way up through the Giants, was involved with the Super Bowl champion building those teams, was a GM of a team that went to the Super Bowl with Carolina. So we're not talking about some rube or just some, you know, 
Well, depends on who you on ask. The, <laughs> well, I mean, well, we're going to get to that in a minute. That's going to be my big rant. But, I mean, the guy deserves to get some slack for his, you know, he was brought in here to clean up a real mess. And we know from his past tenure at Carolina that he was a hatchet man, that he got rid of bad contracts and he was turning things around. It's just – I'm just amazed by the reaction of everybody thinks the guy doesn't know the first thing about football. I, I think part of it is that he just sounds like a douche. Uh, you know, mm. the fans – we don't know him personally. You know, we don't get to really meet him or really talk to him. Our interactions are unfortunately through press conferences and, and media things wherein a lot of his job is to blow smoke up people's asses, blow smoke out into – you know, into the media and, you know, essentially lie a lot. And that kind of means that he lies to the fan base a little bit. So, yeah, you know, that comes with the job. I, there's nothing wrong with that. I, I don't have a problem with him doing that. I'm just saying, you know, unfortunately, fans have to take everything he says with a grain of salt and, and uh, you know, it just is what it is. So when he says things as... I would say as arrogantly and as confidently as he does, you know, fans take, especially here, fans take reaction to that. You know, the, who cares what he says? Quite frankly, does it does it matter to you, the fan base, one bit whether he's saying stuff before the draft or after the draft? Of course, before the draft, he's going to blow smoke everybody's ass to kind of make you know a misdirection on where we're going, and then after, of course, he's going to trump it. You know, he's going to. Bugle his own horn about how great his picks were. So it doesn't mean shit. And people are acting like every word he says and how he says it and how he sounds, it actually means anything. Who gives a shit? It means nothing on the field. It means nothing on building this team. You're right. No, I agree with you. And it means nothing any GM says, especially right after or right before a draft, means shit. It doesn't mean anything. You know, there was a hoopla over an offhand comment he made wherein he was essentially saying, um, you know, we're going to play it by ear. We're going to play whoever's ready to play. But it kind of, the conversation sort of went towards, you know, maybe we'll do the Green Bay thing and he'll sit in for three years. You know, obviously that's not his fucking plan. You don't draft somebody at six to sit for three years. You know, the way he was saying it was a reaction to a question. And it's like, People, like, exploded at that. Like, what an idiot. Why would we do this? Like, we're not going to well, do that. Well, first of all, why would you box in your, yourself into anything? Exactly, by saying yeah. By saying he's the day one starter, by saying he's going to start in week five, by saying he's going to be the starter next year or in five years. Why would you commit to anything? And that was not a commitment to anything. That's just saying, listen, you know, he, it, it could be Peyton Manning we just drafted. It could be Johnny Unitas we just drafted. It could be Ryan Leaf we just drafted. We don't know how the next six months, 12 months, two years are going to play out. You know, Daniel Jones could be a, a pro Bowl quarterback. He could be a major bust. Eli Manning could have a renaissance year this year. We don't know any of these variables. You know, is the offensive line going to be better to make any quarterback better or worse this year? You know, what's going to happen after Eli? You know, does Saquon Barkley break his ankle or something? We don't know any of these factors. So to to say this is what we are doing going forward and not to you know to exclude any possible path is just foolish and it's just amazing how stupid this fan base has become why they buy everything they say hook like and sinker and they take it so personally and, and so offended by everything it's said when most of it's bullshit yeah 100% um 
you shouldn't box yourself in anything. And, you know, I, you said you mentioned Ryan Leaf. There's exactly something I tweeted last night where I said, we don't know shit. You know, even after months and months and months of watching film and, you know, evaluating every footstep, every, you know, hitch in their step, every throw a quarter degree off where it should be. We evaluate all these tiny little things and eviscerate their entire character and go through tweets from when they were in middle school. Yeah. End of the day, they haven't taken an NFL snap. We don't know anything. Everything is yeah. just a bunch of evidence to take a gamble. So, you know, I'm pretty sure Chargers fans were ecstatic to get Ryan Leaf. That didn't turn out so well. People don't remember. I mean, especially guys that are like in their mid-20s now. It was a real debate who the number one pick was going to be because Ryan Leaf had, you know, you look at him and he was a physical specimen. You know, it wasn't a slam dunk that Peyton Manning was going to be the number one pick and be a, you know, 15-time pro bowler and a future Hall of Famer and, and whatnot. It was it was definitely a who are they going to take type of situation. Hindsight's twenty twenty, of course, but the thing that's just – Amazing me even more about the Giant fans' reaction to this is not that they picked him. It's all of a sudden every Giant fan is a all-knowing, all-seeing GM and says, well, the value wasn't there. We could have had him at, at, at 15. We could have had him at 21. We could have traded down for him. How do you know that? We don't know any of that. We don't know – don't... that pisses me off because not only do yes. we not know the Giants' big board, we don't know any of the 32 teams' big board. It came yes. out today. Jim Nagy said, whom I don't know, but he has a verified Twitter account, so that's good enough for me. But he said <laughs> that he spoke to several executives at different clubs and the majority of them, the majority of them had Jones rated higher than Haskins on their board. Now – Personally, I didn't, but what the fuck do I know? I admit that I'm an amateur evaluator. I don't know shit. I just kind of do my best. You know, I didn't meet any of these people. And you know what? There was some weird fucking thing where Dwayne Haskins had a a draft party where he charged people 50 bucks to join. That's fucking weird. (laughs) That's very weird. (laughs) That can't be a thing that normally happens, right? No, that that can't be. um, You know, there was a whole weird thing about his dad. I don't know if you saw this, but the, Ryan Dunleavy for NJ.com tried to do a story. Oh, that was very, very bizarre. That's weird as shit, right? Like, I mean, I was calling him LeVar Haskins after that, after LeVar uh, Ball. Yeah. Like, he was a trying lot of to people were saying it was Annie Apple 2.0. He was completely trying to control the narrative on everything that was happening. It was very strange. But my point is, you know, never mind these two people in particular, What, who yeah. you wanted. It's like most of the people doing the most amount of complaining, what they know of the big board is they've looked at the ESPN, CBS, Yahoo, Bleacher Report, you know, their mock drafts where everything is in a vacuum for who they're going to pick. It's not picking out of need, picking out of you know anything, relationships, any of that stuff. What's the best fit for a system? And it's so silly. You know, none of the other 31 31- – general managers know what the big boards of the other teams are you know and i guarantee you guys like or the gms are not looking at the espn mock and see what mel kuyper's version 9.7 mock is and saying oh you know it's safe to draft to daniel jones later because no one's interested in him you know these guys are just hacks they're just you know reporters and things they're trying to 
differentiates differentiates themselves than all the other mocks out there. And you know, sometimes you're going to say something to get a little buzz, and another mock will say it. So it's really foolish. And you know, when you don't know what other people are thinking, the purpose of the draft is to get the best players for your team. It's not a how did I get the best value from my draft? It's getting the best players that fit the needs of your team. So if you're complaining about Daniel Jones is because, well, we could have got him at 17. Yeah, well, they got him earlier. So you got the quarterback. If he pans out, nobody in 20 years is going to say, you know, Jones was pretty good, but could have had him at 17 as opposed to six. It's fucking dumb. So there's a couple things I'm going to say to that. The first thing is the very fact that nobody, Jordan Raynon, Dan Duggan, Ryan Dunleavy, nobody that I follow that's got their finger on the pulse of the Giants specifically, that's their whole fucking job. Not one of them really truly had Daniel Jones pegged for number six proves that none of us outside of the organization know anything about anybody's big board. That is proof in the pudding. You know, none of us know shit. And the second nice thing about this is that there were no leaks from the big from the uh, war room. Perfect. Yeah. No, I agree with you. Uh, this was a sh- this was a shock of a pick. I'm I'm fully saying it was a complete shock, but nobody had any uh, inkling that they were going to draft him. And I think that's good that they you know loose lips sink ships. Agreed. So good. The the other thing is that like the the idea that he could have been had. I mean. Other than that, just being absolute 100% speculation based on mock drafts of people who think they know what they're talking about or just are really good guessers because they know a lot of stuff. You know, I find it really interesting that Denver is probably the most QB needy team beyond us. Like, you know, I would say them in Washington, they traded out. Once Daniel Jones was gone, they traded out. Everyone thought they were going to go Drew Locke, and then now Dwayne Haskins is on the board, but Daniel Jones is gone. They were gone. They traded back. I mean, I'll admit, though, here's what I'm going to say. Go ahead. Still would have taken Josh Allen there. Okay. I mean, that that is a very valid and fair argument to make, that what are you drafting with that pick? My my whole thing is people are freaking out about, you know, more so that they thought we reached to get him than even him himself, and I think that's just the foolish part. Yeah, uh, we we don't know shit about reaching. So um, there's that. I mean, here's the other thing is that Miami has now traded the 48th pick for Josh Rosen. Um, the hindsight of oh well, then he could have been had for 37. Well, yeah, now now that nobody traded for him. Arizona, it came out just earlier that they weren't even fielding calls or taking offers until minutes before the draft started. So they weren't really actively shopping him. They were just teasing. I mean, they didn't want to tip their hand in what they were doing at one, I'm sure. So they didn't really do anything other than tease the idea. They knew who would offer, and they, they waited fucking too long. What What is Daniel? What is Gettleman supposed to do? Play chicken with the sixth overall pick? No, fuck you. <laughs> if you're not going to make an offer, then we're taking our quarterback. There's a guy that we like, and we're going to take him before somebody else does. That's I 100% am behind the idea that these people are the experts. I trust them. And by them, I mean NFL. Like yeah. uh, Their job is to do the scouting. All teams. And, and, if, they, and the other thing- if they love him, 
get him. Don't let somebody else get him. You don't want to find out later like, oh, well, you know, we were kind of holding out for Josh Rosen. We really thought we could get him. for No, fuck that. No, terrible. People don't seem to understand that making a deal involves two teams who have agreement on what the value of that trade is. It's like, well, why didn't they trade for him? Or why didn't they trade down? Or why didn't they do this? It's like, maybe, just maybe they tried and couldn't get the deal that they felt was equitable for us. Possibly. Call me crazy. So it's just, and you're never going to hear, though, the what actually happened in the room, war room for 10 hours over, you know, Gettleman did say he did contact uh, the Cardinals about the pick. So it's not like we just, you know, ignored it. Yeah, no, you're but, right. Obviously, it didn't go anywhere. I mean, everybody, just because you heard a media report four weeks ago that said it will take a third-round pick to get him, everybody just took that as gospel, and that's the way it's going to be. Well, guess what? A third-round pick didn't take him. And as we're recording this on Friday night, you know, the rumors are that Miami might be offering a second-round pick for him. That's not a third-round pick, and maybe we didn't want to go that high with all the other needs on this team. And we turn and flip that into a first-round pick. Of a different need. so And it, and it was reported that Arizona was really, truly trying to get a first for him. Yeah, and that's, that was their right to do. And if listen, if you're a Giant fan and this would have been, you know, we had a quarterback and we just drafted the number one pick in the draft, you'd be saying the same thing. I guarantee all you assholes out there have been like, oh, we probably can get two number ones and a two for him. I don't just see Gettleman's a fool if he doesn't get that. It's like, mm-hmm. come on, guys. Have a sense of reality that this is not – the Giants League, it's the National Football League where there's 32 equal teams in it. I mean, well said. Here's what I'm going to say as a whole to not just the Daniel Jones pick or quarterbacks or whatever, but just the draft. All right, listen. We are a very lucky culture to live and die by a sport for fun. Now, listen, I, I don't fucking care what your excuse is crying about a pick in the draft. All right, let's stop right there. Stop no, no, right no, no, there. No, 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 no. That's the extreme example. But in any way, having an extreme reaction to the point where you're freaking the fuck out, cursing at your co- at your phone, you know, you, you guys are babies. You're no, no, babies. no, no, stop. Stop right there. Stop right there, Grump. That is all bullshit. That is... Everybody trying to get their three seconds of fame on the internet, on ESPN or something, to be that guy who has the overreaction reaction. I guarantee you 99.999% of those are staged, choreographed bullshit that's not real. Because I don't feel that upset if we lose in a playoff game. I don't feel like that. I'm not going to feel like that when Eli Manning retires. I didn't feel that badly when Wellington Merritt died. I mean, come on. That's, it, it's not real. It's just stage nonsense because, you see, once you saw one nine-year-old kid crying on TV, everybody wants to be that kid on TV to get their three minutes of fame. People are so, so shameless in their efforts to be famous and get their little notoriety that they will do anything and look like the biggest asshole in doing it. So – I don't believe that for one second. I think all you're doing is you're making yourselves and you're making Giant fans as a whole embarrassing. Because right now, this, the, the, the national story right now is not necessarily the Giants 
quote-unquote reach on a quarterback. It's the visceral reaction to everybody because of it. And that's embarrassing. It is embarrassing. It's fucking stupid. That is the weirdest flex ever. You're going to be the, the fucking... You're going to be the, the, the famous guy who cried on Twitter because of a pick? Fuck you, yeah. you pussy. Are you serious? And, and another guy, too, I want to call out. License plate guy. Uh. That guy is such a, a whore for publicity. I, mean, I know he's not listening to this. And I don't quite honestly don't care if he does. But I see that Ric Flair looking hair everywhere. He can't get his face close enough to a... a uh, a camera, and he's one of the guys that, for some odd reason, people care about. Now, I know he does a, a charity golf tournament or something, and I'm glad he does things like that. But for some reason, he's an influencer to giant fans, and to see him act like an asshole yesterday on there, you know, it's just it's completely embarrassing. It really, if you're really that upset, go become a Jet fan for God's sakes. I mean, that's a type of color type of type of behavior that's tolerated and appreciated but we're the giants and it's just really really embarrassing well i i'll say this i like license plate guy because you, you mentioned it. he does the charity thing and, and he does i mean he's a dude man he has fucking reactions yeah he was acting like an asshole on tv fine yeah but he he's did become a backtrack cartoon. he did backtrack from it pretty quickly on twitter if you follow him he you know said you know, I'm a Daniel Jones fan the moment he becomes a giant, etc. You know, sure, that's that's fine. I mean, I agree with you, though. He should not be this statuesque, uh, you know. This car- he's he's yeah. become a cartoon character. And You're you know right. something? If that's a persona he wants and everything, fine. But mm-hmm. remember, when you have some notoriety and you have some, you know, you're an influencer and things, what you say and what how you act, people are going to emulate. And you know, the over-the-top, oh, my God. I mean, drafts always have the potential for not picking the guy that you want. Mm-hmm. Does it mean it's the end of the world? I mean, this team has been terrible for the last decade. Your life can't get any worse than it is right now. Listen. I'm, it shouldn't I'm, be worse at all because of that. Listen, God. I, I just want to give you guys an idea of what my fucking day is like, okay? I work a 40-hour, 9-to-5 job, right? But before that, I go to the gym. After that, I go to the fucking gym. I work overtime, right? Pretty much every day. And then I come home, and for no fucking extra money, I watch film on these guys. You know, I break everything down. When it's during the season, I rewatch the games I've already watched, sometimes from the fucking all 22 camera. I, this is my fucking life. I do this for fun for free. If well, that's I'm, the thing. That's, that's your point. It's, you, we do this for fun. But that, you know, as much but, but as you guys think we're... If anybody should be fucking upset, it's me. I waste my time on this. The Giants mean a lot to me. It's the only sport I watch. I fucking love it. Okay? But if I'm not the one crying on the internet, then you shouldn't be. <laughs> it, the moment I do it, go ahead. Slam me. Whatever you want to do, you can join me and cry. But, like, it's never going to happen. I can promise you that. Because... As much as I love it, it's it's just a game, you know. Well, no, well, really, this isn't even sports yet. It's just a draft. There's no reason to cry about anything. It's <laughs> it's it's you being a baby, and it's your ego being bruised because you think you know everything. And guess what? Maybe the guys in the war room know a little more than you do. So that's what happens. These people who think, you know, because because they read the same five mock drafts as everybody else, and they listen to fucking Mike and Mike in the morning and whatever they think they're they think they know everything wrong you don't 
<laughs> people involved in the NFL know a hell of a lot more than you. I mean, well, they get paid. It's important. Yeah. Grump watches a lot of film. It's amazing how much he does. He watches about a twentieth yeah. of what you know. Not even a general manager, but just like you know, the Your lowest guy. Yeah. On, on, on the you know on, on a team, so. I don't know. I, I think a lot of it's bullshit. I think it's just people who just, you know, I don't think the average giant fan sitting in his house right now is crying and screaming and throwing his phone at the TV and all that stuff. I just think it's, a, you know, a, a very small vocal set of people who want to, you know, be, hey, look, I was on ESPN. Look at me. And so no, I, I don't I think- agree with you, but the, the point I'm making is you're embarrassing yourselves and you're embarrassing me. You're embarrassing the team. Yeah. You think, you think, you think. The team, you know, I don't now. This I don't know whether Gettleman and Shermer and the Maras and you know and whoever thought or thinking about potential blowback to a pick like this because you know as they're not reading mocks, they do know who is popular picks and not popular picks with the fans and things. It's they just have to. So, have they talked about with potential blowbacks for it or something? I, I don't know. But you're not making so. any. You're you're making their job any easier to roll this out by acting like an asshole, which is not going to change anything. I mean, they're not going to have like they're not going to uh, redraft the draft because you don't like it. And I hate to say this to you, crybabies, the ones who are going to like I'm get rid of my tickets. You're not giving up your seat deposit, and even if you did, it's a nice waiting list of people who would love to have it. Yeah. All right, so. Now that we're out of the way, I, I don't want to talk about assholes anymore because I'm still fighting with them on Twitter because I can't help myself <laughs> and I'm, I'm a sadist. Um, Daniel Jones, go. Well, you know, I, I don't believe the theory for one minute that it was an orchestrated move to, you know, something with the Mannings or something in the Cutcliffs because – the Cutcliffe tree is not as big as they make it out to be. I mean, Cutcliffe was the uh, – oh, and I can do a, a breaking news. Juwan Taylor just got drafted by Jacksonville and gave a gator chomp. So congratulations, Juani. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, go. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, I think there, you know, there's this conspiracy out there that because – just because – he was a, a David Cutcliffe disciple, and he is this because he went to the Manning camp, and because uh, you know they had the same coach twenty years ago. That's why we drafted him. I do one better. How about the I one only, that he was drafted because he was white? Well, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. That's just beyond. You know, I'm not even going to dignify that one. Good, but but just the uh, you know the Mannings don't own the Giants. They're not the GMs. They're not, you know, nobody is that stupid where they're just going to be like, I'm only picking guys from my college or my coach. That, that's beyond asinine. So I, that is, that is certainly not the reason why they drafted him. Yeah. I, 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 Dave Gittleman has a reputation of being a guy who cuts shit left and right, doesn't give a shit about, uh, you know, veterans – um, people making big salaries. This is his reputation. This is what people complained about when he came in. Now all of a sudden it's the theory that Eli Manning and Archie Manning and Peyton Manning are, are calling the shots 
Doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. Why why would Dave Gettleman fear him? Like I said, his career is on the line to make a pick like this. So what yeah. the fuck? You have to be really committed. Like, it doesn't make any fucking sense at all. It- and Gettleman wasn't around back in 19 uh, or 2000 and when was that? 2000. What? When? When we, dra- when we drafted Eli. What year was that? 2004. 2004. Was he in the building back then in 2004? I think so, yeah, but not uh, – yeah, he was – yeah, he was. But still, I mean, he's not invested in the – in Eli Manning or the Cutliffe quarterback tree or any of that nonsense mm-hmm. like someone like Ernie Acorsi would be or, you know, it, it's just – it's foolish. <laughs> um, what do you think of the pick in general? Or how, how do you feel? Um, I thought it was strange that they, they went for him. I thought that uh, my feeling was all along they were going to wait until next year okay. and go for a much better crop of quarterbacks, either by having another uh, 2019 of another bad year and having a really good draft pick or just trading up into uh, getting one of those picks. I, I really thought that was what they were going to go for. Um, am I surprised it's him over Haskins? Yeah, like everybody else is. That That's no uh, – that's no surprise that I'm surprised, <laughs> um, you know, to, to be so quick to give out a grade on it is ridiculous. I mean, as we get as anybody who gives grades on draft picks on, on the first night, you know, let's see what happens. I mean, they haven't taken an NFL snap yet. They haven't taken it. We don't know when his first NFL snap even is going to be. I mean, if, if Eli Manning plays this year, plays pretty decently, they sign him for one more year, and he plays again pretty decently. Is all of a sudden it a bad pick? Is it a bust? Is it a wasted draft pick because he never played? No. It was just we don't know when the pan out should be expected, if there will be a, a pan out. It's going to take time, and I feel bad for the kid. He's handling it well. I mean, Part of his makeup, I think, might be one of the reasons why they liked him. Um, but... Uh, you know what's going to happen? His first interception is going to be like, oh my god, I can't wait to be in the fucking crowd for that one. I might get kicked <laughs> out for fighting a Giants fan. <laughs> um, I Look, there are things about Daniel Jones that can be coached up and made better. There are things that he already does pretty well. It should be noted that he had a fractured collarbone last year and played through it. Um, you know... Well- Let's start right away with – I know I've seen a couple of people say his numbers weren't that good oh, well, and you know, – I mean first of all, college numbers do not translate to the NFL unless the key stats are things like accuracy. That's important. That, that usually translates from high school to college to the NFL. Sure. But you know, how many yards, how many touchdowns, how many picks, those things are irrelevant in the NFL because – I can tell you as a Florida Gator, I've seen I've seen Shane Matthews, I've seen Danny Werfel, and I've seen Tim Tebow come through, who were three of the best college quarterbacks I've ever seen, and could barely scratch a sniff in the NFL. The greatest numbers you'll ever see. It doesn't matter. So, you know, the team he was on, Duke is a wretched school in a wretched conference. You know, not that much talent around him. That might be the um, worst team in that conference. 
Maybe. It could very it could very well be. I mean, I know one year they went to the Pinstripe Bowl. Uh, I think it was three years ago. I think, but still, big fucking deal. Yeah. So, uh, I, I, I there are I, ways to evaluate him. I mean, you can look at the actual film and see, you know, where his numbers would have been bigger if patches weren't dropped. You know, if there wasn't pressure in his face, and you know, you're right. The stat those stats mean jack dick. You know, there are advanced statistics that show accuracy at different levels and things like that. Yeah, sure. Fine. And you know what? We all know that he's not a perfect prospect. Most Whiz. Yeah, most QBs aren't. I mean, like, sure, if Kyler Murray were three inches taller, he would probably be pretty close to a perfect prospect. But, you know, whatever. You know, you're picking at six. You're not picking at one overall. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. And like, so here's here's my comparison. We're talking about how Daniel Jones' stats suck balls because he's playing on Duke, where there isn't a single other draftable prospect, right? Um, on the flip side, we have a one-year starter in Dwayne Haskins who played on easily the best Big Ten team last year, with easily the best coaching staff in the Big Ten, right? I mean, maybe, maybe Michigan. Uh, Ohio State had a better coaching staff. I mean, er, as much as I hate Urban Meyer's guts, he is. It's not just he him was, either. He's good at hiring guys around him. Oh They're yeah, all sure. fucking criminals. But yeah, well, I mean, all, all, he has a pretty nice coaching tree. This is going back to Utah and, and Florida of guys who he's had as assistant coaches that are now, you know, head coaches and coordinators all around you know college. Yeah, uh, you know. Here's a guy who was, had all the tools around him to pad his stats. The first thing I fucking see every time people like start comparing uh, Dwayne Haskins and Daniel Jones is like, well, he had 50 touchdowns last year. Like, okay, yeah. And he also had uh, a great defense and two wide receivers that are going to get drafted, a running back. That, you know what I mean? Like, you have yeah, well, stacked same people. with a great fucking coach. Those same people would be like, I wouldn't touch Tim Tebow with a 10-foot pole. And he had 50 touchdowns also. Yeah. Well, same thing. It's like it's all perception. It's because you've heard for the last four months connecting him to the Giants, and you become conditioned to that's your guy, that's your guy. Got to get him, got to get him, got to get him. Why didn't we get him? You know, you didn't hear one time Dave Gettleman. You didn't hear one time Pat Shermer say, he's our guy, we have to get him. I uh yeah. I I don't love the pick, but I can get by with it. One of the things I said on um while you were sleeping or doing whatever you're doing, uh I did like a live broadcast where I just kind of gave the night before thoughts, you know, things. One of the things I said is that it's going to feel at least a little bit good if we draft a quarterback no matter who he is, whether it's Drew Locke or Daniel Jones or Ryan Finley or Will Greer, or Dwayne Haskins. It's going to just feel a little bit good to know that that plan is now in place. It's there. Sure. The monkey is off the back. We've made the move. Now we roll with it. We work with it. We get we get down. Everything else is just like before that, it's just like if this happens, then this happens. And, you know, it's a whole bunch of like not progress. This finally feels like progress. Whether we like it or not, This it's in place. We're getting to work now. Well, this goes feels good to me. This goes back to my point before: is I think more people are pissed that we drafted him where we did than it being him specifically. Yeah, you know, if we if we would have drafted a, an edge rusher, 
with the sixth pick, and then all of a sudden we picked him up at the end of the first round, or maybe the start of the second round, people would be like, oh, that was a steal. This guy is going to be our guy. People would be all happy. It's just it's purely because where he was drafted, where people are so like I'm not seeing that much on Twitter and stuff of of people being so pissed because they don't think this guy can be an an NFL quarterback. It's yeah. all because you know the timing of it, and also because they had fallen in love with because it'd be conditioned to think we're getting Haskins. Yeah, you're right. I mean, for the most part. I mean, there, there's other people who are complaining about his inability to throw in weather. They're picking out certain games. You know, there's holes in his game. That's fine. Um, but, you know, and I, I don't love the pick, but it is what it is. I like that they liked him. They went and got him. I don't want to hear when Dave Gettleman gets fired six years down the line that, oh, I really like him, but I thought that I could. You know what I mean? I don't want to hear any of that. That's shit. the thing. I mean, the most important thing is getting your guy, not yeah. trying to get it the guy at the greatest value. Look, I mean, you want to, but again, like I said in the beginning, you don't know the other 30 big boards or the other 31 big boards out mm-hmm. there. And just because we rated him six, maybe everybody else had him rate him like sixth or seventh or eighth, but he doesn't know that. And we don't have moles in every other room to say where he's on the board. And if you think – if he's somebody that you value enough, chances are you think that other people value him just as highly or close. So you take him. And you know, if we look down towards the rest of the first round, which nobody's talking about, a pretty nice little haul we picked up in the first round of two needs on this team. Well, go so ahead. it's not like – Let's take it to Dexter well, Lawrence. Well, I was going to say, it's like we – it wasn't all for broke with a quarterback and we got nothing after it. I mean Dexter Lawrence, and if you read some of the, the Gettleman quotes during the week, he kind of insinuated that he didn't think that our defensive tackles were hog mollies. Yeah. You know, everybody was saying that, you know, we need Ed Rushers, Ed Rushers, but he had a couple of quotes where he, you know – so I think he might have even said like that's an area we could improve if we had the opportunity to. And Dexter Lawrence is a stud. And I was pretty There is some real fucking slander going on. Uh you know, I I went into a whole thing last night uh about Dexter Lawrence from people I respect who not just like no necks or, or neckbeards <laughs> from Long Island. I mean they're 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 people that I respect that I know do watch film. They're like so we got a nose tackle now. We got another nose tackle, and then you know, then the the sarcastic, shitty, cynical comments of like, oh, so we traded Damon Harrison for a fifth, and then Odell Beckham, and then we're using that pick for a nose tackle to replace Damon Harrison. Like Dexter Lawrence is not just a nose tackle. If you watch any Clemson film whatsoever, which you have no excuse not to, if you watch any film at all, because you have to watch Christian Wilkins, you have to watch Trey Lamar, Dexter Lawrence. You know what I mean? There, there's like five fucking guys on defense alone. Um. You know that he first lines of all, up all fucking over the place. And yeah, let let let's stop with that right now. What you just said about we traded snacks for a third round pick. We traded snacks to get rid of the salary. I, agree. I mean, that's that's the reason why he was traded. It had nothing to do with his talent, nothing to do with his leadership, nothing to do with anything. We were have a cap problem, and that's part of the same thing. You have to make heavy cap hits. I mean, we didn't trade Beckham because of the contract. But that's a nice side effect of the trade. Is that cleared up? Will we'll clear up a lot of money down the line. I, I mean, Dexter Lawrence, I had rated in my top tier of interior defensive guys. He was in there for me. 
Um, yeah. I, I wasn't really sure that I had them in a in an order that I loved, but uh, I mean, I, I certainly thought he would be available at seventeen, but I'm just glad we got him. He's a, he's a really good player, um, and quite fr- frankly, Hog Molly. The biggest thing that I wrote about him, and I had it bolded in my notes that I I dug out to to eat last night was he walks linemen backwards. Mm. Now, obviously, that's ACC level linemen, but it, it was like ease. Yeah, but AC, ACC is not like Mountain West or anything. I mean, Agreed. it's still it's it's still a power conference. I mean, you're still playing against Florida State, who brings in talent. You know, mm-hmm. Miami brings in talent. NC State, for that matter. I mean, Garrett Bradbury is yeah. an interior guy. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, I mean, he he pushes guys out of the way like they're children, and uh, you know. That rotation now with Tomlinson and B.J. Hill, and now you have Marcus Golden on the edge and Lorenzo Carter on the edge, that's a good front. I'm happy with that. Yeah. And it's not done yet. I mean, we still have you know, more picks to go today. 100%, yeah. And, you know, to, and this team is not all being... on, like, Dalvin Tomlinson's entering his third year. B.J. Hill's entering his second year. You know, th- that's not just a this year thing. I mean, that's going to continue to grow. Marcus Golden is on a four-year contract or some shit, or is no? He's on a one or two or something. Because you, you just you just said something I was about to jump into next thing, and this is not a one-year thing. Yeah. That includes acquiring talent. Yeah, it, we don't have to get every, every. I think sometimes when you're going through the draft in free agency, it's like, well, we got to get the you know the outside edge guy, and we have to get the inside guy. We got to get a cornerback. We got to get a quarterback. By the time the season starts, and yeah. that's it. No, I mean this roster has to be flipped. And it's going to take several years to do that to get this team from being, you know, a perennial ten-loss team, non-play playoff-making team, to a playoff contender. And now, you know, you're starting to get pieces this year. You'll get more pieces next year. If you if you all think that Eli Manning sucks and you're done with him, but he's probably going to start, we're probably going to be a four and twelve team because of that. If that's what you think, and we'll we'll get top tier talent again next year. Um, I was really tired last night. <laughs> I, I did the best I could. I had to take a fucking nap before I started getting to work. Um, <laughs> but even so, after the seventeenth pick. I stayed up watching the draft, not not just to stay on Twitter and argue with people. I just I just knew that the Giants were going to trade back into the first round. Um, you know, I, I think part of the key was people who were complaining about a Gettleman comment that actually was the clue was that he said we want to walk out of here with two first rounders that are going to start, and then the reporter I don't remember who it was. Uh, said, well, what about a QB? Would he start? And he said, no, he wouldn't start. Well, there's your clue right there. They're going to get two <laughs> fucking starters in the first round and a quarterback if they can. If they get a quarterback, that means they're getting in there to get more talent. And not only did – now this this is sort of breaking well, news. But so they, they traded up into the, in the first round from 37 to 30. They took DeAndre Baker. Now, they did give away a lot, and I, I wasn't happy with how much they gave away. But it's important to note that the first two guys off the board tonight – were corners. It was Rakia Sin and um, Byron Murphy. So th- this is the thing where like a team takes a player at a position and there's a run on those guys. 
They moved in. They got – they, again, didn't let the guy they wanted get away. And they got the best corner in the draft. And he's a Georgia Bulldog, so I know you're not going to agree with me. But no, he's the best one in the draft. I Yeah. I know – I know good talent when I see it facing against me. It's not – I necessarily like them, but it doesn't mean that I don't acknowledge they're good. I mean <laughs> that's foolish. I mean to say Jameis Winston wasn't good in college is pretty astronomical. Yeah. Well, I mean that's I didn't even think we, we had a shot at DeAndre Baker. But we, we talked about how scary thin the depth was at corner. And, you know, offensive line, yeah, big problem. Defensive line, linebackers is a big problem. The corner depth really scared me because we don't know shit about Sam Beal and how he's going to be first year removed from Sam uh, from, sure. from Western sure. Michigan. You know, Grant Haley did a pretty good job filling in at the slot role, but, you know, given his size, he's not playing on the outside. Janoris Jenkins is in the last year of a contract. We don't even know if he's going to stay. Uh, I think that he's going to. Just going to throw that out there. I think that. It's important for us to have a rotation of three guys, especially with the, the lack of experience at the position. But I wouldn't be surprised though if he's traded away at the trade deadline, like exactly, the, yeah. the perch of last year. But I think to start the, I mean, is there really any advantage to trading him right now? Before, no, um, uh, I mean, if the offer's there, that's the advantage. Oh well, that's that's a whole different thing. I mean, I, I don't think we'd be out necessarily shopping him, but if somebody you know picked up the phone, yeah, yeah, but. I'm happy. DeAndre Baker, are you kidding me? I didn't think there was a shot in hell we were getting getting him. And th- this was – here, I'll, I'll fucking – since I didn't – I was um, going to retire to my bed <laughs> at 32. I made a note to myself. But here were my notes on him. All right, ready? 5'11", 195, excellent in coverage. Plays both man, off man, and zone well. Can be bullied a little bit by big physical wide receivers, mostly in the blocking phase of the game. Um, but he's decent in run support, can fight through some blocks despite his size. He's great at finding the ball in the air and timing his jumps to to swat at the ball or, you know, jump in there. His timing is impeccable. I mean, if you look at his, not even his highlight reel, just like DeAndre, just YouTube DeAndre Baker versus and watch his uh, junior, whatever, his last year tape. From, his ability to read quarterbacks, read routes, jump them, you know, time up his hits really well. I mean, even things on screen passes and throwback passes and stuff like that, he comes flying in from off the screen and just rips people to shreds. I love this pick. This guy right here, this guy is your Janoris Jenkins replacement. Mm-hmm. Garen fucking teed. Um, they kind of gave up a little bit of a King's Ransom. I mean, somebody posted something about how it's like 70 plus 74% what the pick is worth or something like that. That's kind of... Listen, the draft trade value chart is something I really do understand and and go by, but they are guidelines. I mean, teams yeah. that are trading out of spots know what player is available there, and they know when they can swindle more or less. Right. So, I mean, that's a starting point for negotiations. It's not an ending point. I do think they gave up a bit much, but the picks that they gave away, a fourth and a fifth, and they moved up their second, those fourth and fifth, they were always going to go. We had two fours, three fives. So I'm I'm okay with it, but it is a lot what they get. Well, we were talking about if we were going to trade up to, uh, you know, get what's his name from Arizona, or even package the, the picks for next year for something. We, we right the number of picks we had, we were not going to be making all those draft picks. We've said it on this show several several times that we were going to make all those picks. So they would have been 
they would have been done anyway. And if that's they feel at the higher end of the uh, of the draft of the guy they felt that would fit their need, I'm okay with it. Hundred percent, yeah. And you know, now they walk away with a quarterback for the future. Which in in a second I'm going to ask you when the future is, but a quarterback of the future, a, a starter on the defensive line with a now very solid rotation there, and in my opinion, the guy who's going to start opposite Janoris Jenkins. You got yourself three fucking starters at important yeah. positions. Mm-hmm. Now the question becomes: At what point do you think Daniel Jones enters a game not in garbage time? And by garbage time, I mean we're winning, not we're. So well, are we talk. Are we talking when does he enter a game, or when does he play? So, like, 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 take over. I I don't know. I mean, just to play when it's like you know they're not going to do the thing like he's going to take a series and just to play to get his feet wet. I mean, when they go to Daniel Jones, he's going to become the starting quarterback. Well, I mean, I guess the scenario I'm saying is not what they did with Kyle Loletta last year, where they put him in against. Who was it? Was that Washington? We were up like a million to nothing. Mm-hmm. Not that, but when we're really losing, and you know they're like, you know what, fuck it, pull Eli. You know this season is over or whatever. I mean, whatever happened in 04 with Kurt Warner, right? Eli didn't start his first performance. He he subbed in. No, and like it was early on, wasn't it? it? Was like I don't know, but it was early. I know he started in like. Late November, he took over right. his starting job. Um, well, I guess the question is, do you think it will happen this year? Well, I'm asking you. <laughs> I think the answer is no. Okay. okay. Because I also, I also think the ability to potentially sign Eli to another year to, to spread out his contract is in play. Okay. And they're not going to jerk around and have um, – you know, Jones become like the starting quarterback at the end of the season if that's in play. If they make the decision they're not going to do that, I think it might happen sooner. And also, the first thing on that is depends on how we're playing. If we're fighting for a playoff spot, no. Oh, yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah. So, so let, let's factor this into the Giants are out of playoff contention, season is over, and it's like Thanksgiving. Wow, if we're out that early? <laughs> well... Then, even, well, Thanksgiving then, is kind of late this year, so. Then if it's not Thanksgiving, then the answer is he's not playing at all because then we're close. But I mean, what if we're just statistically out of it? What if it's like week 15 and there's no way we can get a wild card spot? I think there's some factors. I mean, we have all of our offensive linemen playing, you know, lots of things like that too. If it, if we have a beaten up offensive line, the answer is going to be no. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, yeah, I, you know, I think the bigger question is going to be when is he ultimately going to take over? And I think a lot of that has to do with, with what do they want to do with the contract of Eli? I mean, as much as people were pissed off we drafted Daniel Jones now, they're going to be really pissed off if they extend him another year, Eli. But it is a very, very big possibility with the you know, the cap savings and way you can spread that out. You know, even if it's no other, other than a bookkeeping decision. I mean, also, we have to see, you know, how well is Eli playing, period. I mean, if he's playing pretty decently, they're not just going to bench him in 2020 just because it's time for Daniel Jones. I mean, people are ready to, you know, to bury him right now and, and put him six feet under, but 
He's going to have the best offensive line he's had in a few years. He'll have a better running game. Well, a better everything. <laughs> yeah. It's not even close. I mean, we we started this episode kind of yeah. with that, you know. So, I mean, if he's really shot, it's going to be much more obvious this year than it would have been in the last couple of years. But I, I think he might – I guess since the uh, the consecutive game start streak is over, that's something to worry about. W- would he start a game in December that's meaningless? Eh, possibly. I mean, we don't know how well he develops in the whole season, too. Does he grasp the offense? If he's not ready to play, he's not going to play. I truly think they're they're. I truly think their plan is to really let Daniel Jones sit and get better. There are mechanical things that he can get better at. Um, he doesn't have the arm strength that Eli Manning has. You know, or whatever, had coming out of college for cynical assholes. You know, Eli was an elite prospect coming out of college. He played in the SEC. You mm-hmm. know, he was the first overall pick. He, we're, not even, right. we're not even going to debate this. But, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things that Jones struggles with is not actually the deep ball. He's actually really good at the deep ball, especially at placement with nice touch. Um, it's it's the ones you really got to step into, those out routes. Um, is that where is that where are you playing at the at Giant Stadium? Sure, yeah, it's it's a worry, but it is it is what it is now. But he's going to have to rely on the fact that he's much more athletic than Eli ever was. He's yeah. going to be able to get I mean, ever was. I mean, like he he can move. Um, mm-hmm. He doesn't look great doing it. He doesn't look like Kyler Murray, where it's so natural to him, where you can tell the kid's been running since he came out of the womb. But, but he can do it, and he's going to have to rely on that. So his footwork is going to have to get cleaned up. They're going to need him to be with Mike Shula. And this is kind of where Mike Shula comes into play. You know, is he really an offensive coordinator, or is he really just a glorified QB coach maybe getting a couple extra bucks? You're asking me that? Yeah, Kyle, well, I'm just throwing it out in the air. I don't think he's the offensive coordinator of this team. I think it's Pat Schumer. He's got his thumbprints all over everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and you know they're gonna have to teach him to to really tap into his mobility and uh, you know get around the fact that he's not gonna be able to do the Shermer offense kind of likes mobility anyway and it works a lot with the play action and well I, I feel I feel the decision when they're gonna play him is gonna be made early and it's a plan you're gonna follow all year like how fast they're gonna try to develop him and try to. You know, cram stuff into him. If they if they're deciding he's not going to play this year, it's a different course of development than it would be like thinking by week nine we want him to play or something. Now injuries always impact that, and well, of course. you know that's, that's I mean that's a given. Well, let me ask you a question now. Now that we've drafted him, what does that do for the rest of the quarterback room? Is Kyle Laletta gone, or has he come the backup, or? I, I don't know. Yeah, I think he. I think he becomes a backup. I think he stays as a backup, and I'll, I'll tell you why. Because I think they want him to be the backup when Eli is gone. I think they like a lot of the traits that Laletta has. Okay, just saying. I mean, I, I think they would like a veteran in the room, but that veteran right now is going to be Eli. And it, it, this is just my opinion. This is pure speculation. I'm I'm pulling out of my ass a little bit, but. I think what they want right now is they want this to be Eli's year. I think they're going to really going to truly see where the roster is by – well, I mean obviously. I mean you're going to try to win. But, you know, 
I think they're going to build a roster that they're going to try and compete and see how they do, right? This is Eli's last year on the books, supposedly, right now. As of right now, yes. Yeah. Um, they're going to give it the old college try, you know, see what happens. But ultimately, I think this is kind of – I think they do want this to be Eli's last year. I don't think they want Jones to be sitting for another even, you know, even if the Giants win the fucking Super Bowl. I mean at a certain point, like I, – I don't know. But for now, they want Eli as the uh, the veteran in the room. So I think it will be Eli, Jones, Laletta. Next year, I think it will be Jones, Laletta, and, and you know, a, a veteran off the street guy you know another veteran in the room to like you know so you think alex tanny's gone yeah i think he's a he's expendable in 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 the way that i mean he could be back next year you know what i mean like, I, I, I think there's a million of him out there yeah 100 percent. i mean there are only so many true backups in this league who can come in and play for two three weeks if they have to i think there's a million alex tannies who are 27, 28 years old and played maybe 20 snaps in their career. And that's what that's what he kind of is. Yeah. And I think he's really expendable. Yeah, he's expendable. And, and uh, But I think they'll get somebody just like him next year to be in the quarterback room with Jones, yeah. with, with Laletta to keep their head straight, to keep them focused, you know, help them review film. They need that mm-hmm. guidance. And, and, you know, to a certain extent, deal with the media, you know, Right. Just, you know, public relations, bullshit, you know. Well, that's where it's nice having Saquon Barkley on the team because he's, you know, that the day Eli leaves, it becomes his team. I agree and he with becomes that. he becomes the most popular person on the team. He probably is already, but like he's the one the media is going to want to talk to. He's the one who's going to be, you know, this Sunday, watch Saquon and the Giants play, you know, whoever and the whoever's. Like he's going to be the face of the franchise. So that's going to take a lot of pressure off a quarterback. Like, you know, Jones is not coming in here to be the savior of this franchise. He's coming in here to be the starting quarterback. That's a major, major, major difference. I think from a fan perspective and from, you know, media perspective and everything. All right. So this is a perfect segue into the last thing I want to get uh, get into here. Uh, it broke maybe an hour and a half ago, two hours ago. Okay. That Eli Manning is no longer going to be on the weekly spot on Francesa's show. <laughs> I was following this along today. <laughs> yeah, uh, and and Francesa, I, look, I I blocked him on Twitter. I can't fucking stand the guy because I think he's an idiot, and that's fine because he's a clown. But people take him really seriously, and it just infuriates me seeing the people reacting to him, agreeing with him, whatever. So I've just went ahead and blocked and muted him, um, but. So I don't really know what rant he had, but apparently he had a rant, and the, supposedly the Giants reached out and said to retract what he said, and that Eli asked to be removed because he's tired or something like that. Or they, I, I now, what, what I understand what happened was that Eli, um, what's his name, Francesca said that Eli backed out of his weekly spot because he felt he may not be the starting quarterback anymore, and then the Giants. Made ESP uh, made the fans say no. That's not the reason why. Okay. So, you know, why he's not doing his show is not really that important. I mean, those shows are kind of worthless anyway. They're stupid. Um, well, all it is is Francesca. 
Well, all this is Francesca asking a question and just answering his own question, not giving, you know, Eli a chance to speak. And that's that's his interview style. But what does it mean? Does it does it mean anything? No, not at all. <laughs> you know, um, all all it is is just you know it's extra programming for for stations with the package they get when they get the rights to it to a thing and. It might become the Saquon Barkley show. That was my question. Does it become the Daniel Jones show or does it become the Saquon Barkley show? Bold prediction. I don't mean oh, this Saquon. year. I mean I mean, this year is sort of irrelevant because they could get somebody for one year and then switch it. So well, in I the mean, future, is it going to be a longstanding thing, Daniel Jones or Saquon Barkley, you think? I mean if you want compelling radio and you a really good interviewer – I mean, forget if it's Francesca, whoever interviewer is going forward. I think it will be the, the Jones show at some point. Because quite frankly, you know, Saquon may be more popular, but I don't really care what running back has to say. Hmm. I mean, I remember when I lived in Tampa back in the 90s, they used to have, you know, like five different guys had their own show. Well, I mean, they had – Antro Roll had his own show. Yeah, I mean, what do you care what a safety has to say? I mean, you want to hear what the quarterback has to say. The quarterback is the leader of the offense. The quarterback say shit though. That's the thing. Like these shows are so. This is these shows are the same GM speak that and coach speak that everybody fucking hates because like oh you said uh, yeah it's the same limp dick answers for everything. Yeah, but you're gonna. I think you'll hear more from a quarterback than you would from a running back. I agree. I mean, I I think. I don't know what I think. I think that there's a chance that this year it becomes the Barkley show as they scramble to try and fill that void. Yeah. And and, and Jones is not, you know. Well, a radio show is completely irrelevant if you're not playing. What are we going to hear? How'd you feel being on the bench today? And yeah, ag- agree. What did you What did you learn today? I mean, well, that's not going to happen. I mean, it could be. I don't know. I mean. Well, also, I mean, remember. Eli's been in the league for 15 years. He probably gets a hundred grand for doing the radio show. It's probably just not worth his time to do it anymore. He's not really promoting his brand. It's, I mean, but for a guy like, you know, uh, you know, a rookie or something who's new into the league and trying to build their brand up, it's not a bad idea to do it. It just has to be something compelling that people want to hear. Yeah. Because there, I mean, there is, um, you know, ratings are involved in, you know, in ad rates and stuff. And if nobody's listening to that twenty-minute clip, there's no point of having the show. It's not a PSA announcement. Is there any other candidate? I mean, if Beckham were still here, there was still no shot that it would be a Beckham show. Now, that'd be a show I'd want to listen to. Yeah, but it wouldn't happen. <laughs> it probably wouldn't happen. There's no. I mean, I don't think Francesca liked Beckham for a second. <laughs> no, the the. To be very, very honest, the only person I really want to hear on one of those shows is the coach's show. I want to hear what he has to say. But I also need to have an interviewer who's willing to give questions. And actually – so I, I, I do feel like he's the worst interviewer in the world. You know, for, for guys that he likes, you know, he gives them the most softball-ass questions that he answers himself. For the guys he doesn't like, man, he really fucking leans into them. Listening to – I was really happy when Ben McAdoo just got short with him. It was like, fuck you, man. Like, 
I'm the coach of this team, not you. Yeah, you don't but, know anything. Yeah, but then, but then I could have, he was an asshole, though. He was. I mean, he, I'm just glad he, came, that he stood he, up he for came into He came into that with a, I don't want to be here, I don't want to do this thing. And as much as we don't like these coaches' shows, a lot of people do like them, and they want to hear the coach. And they want to hear, you know, I hope they'll say something, especially after a loss. And the guy just was never comfortable in his skin being the head coach of the Giants. Dude, and I agree showed with you. I, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not really – Using yeah. this argument as a promotion of Ben McAdoo, more of a demotion of of Francesa. He's just yeah. he's just a shitty interviewer. I mean, he doesn't yeah. like the guy, so he's just gonna rail the shit out of him. They're like, you're not a coach. You're hardly even a radio person anymore. Yeah. You know I mean? Well, he well he, he you know he fancies himself as kind of and him and and Mad Dog when they were together as kind of the voices of the fans. Like that's they're the conduit between the fans and guys like that. I mean, you know those shows they don't have call-ins, mm-hmm. so. They, it's not an opportunity from you know, Big Neck from Long Island to call and say what he thinks. So they have to kind of, as best they can, paraphrase what the fan is thinking on those things. And part of it is shtick. We know that. I mean, it's it's for ratings. But you know, I, I think if, if, if I think if Jones is the quarterback and the starting quarterback, will be his show. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you there. There's no other candidate besides Barkley, right? No, I mean, there's really anybody on defense that's kind of like a... Not a staple guy. I mean, like maybe Peppers. I mean, there was a chance I think it could have been Collins at one point, but... Yeah, I mean, somebody has to have a personality. Like, you know, it's just like... I really don't see anybody on this team that has like that personality. Yeah. I mean, they have to be they have to be engaging and something every week I want to listen to, not just regurgitating what happened in the game. Too. I mean... Not to sound shitty, yeah. but a lot of these guys are not super high IQ outside of the game. I don't know if that sounds shitty, but well, like, and no, they I, just I don't have good I, communication I, skills. Well, like, oh, you know, man, you know, like, well, there's not media polished. Yeah, yeah no, that's, I, that's, I agree. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, that's gonna wrap it up. You guys enjoy the rest of the draft. Um, I, I'm gonna do my best to pay attention, and I, I got some shit to do today. But I, I'm definitely gonna be flipping through Twitter as much as I can. Do you want to say really quick um, before we go? Go ahead. What are some things we're hoping for for the you know the rest of the weekend, or is it too is that too specific to do, or is I it mean, more it's tough? I you know I'm just hoping for more guys that can contribute. You know, there's some there's I don't think it's a huge super need that we take a right tackle. I mean, to, for me, it's going to be right tackle or center, one or the other, somebody who can really compete for a starting spot. But other than that, you know, linebacker, I would like a starter. Mm-hmm. Edge guy, I'd like a starter. That kind of stuff. Everything else, depth. So I'd like them to get at least two more guys who can really compete for a starting spot. I don't know. What about you? I'd like to see another wide receiver. Okay. I, uh, you know, I, I just, I just feel like we're a little, we're missing something in that wide receiver room right now, and maybe we can get it. I don't know if it's, you know, pure speed or maybe a little height or something something we need you know we need another body in that wide receiver room and i'd like to see that happen you know honestly a little sooner than later too somebody that we're going to draft who's going to stick and be on this team yeah i i I could see that and i would i would definitely sorry i'm charging my phone while i uh the rest (laughs) is live sorry um yeah, definitely, and uh, we're we're seeing them start to come off the board a little bit now. Uh, the mm-hmm. Patriots got the first one at the thirty second pick with uh, Nikhil Harry, 
Um, I think, and I'm doing my best to follow this while we're fucking talking, and I don't have the live feed on. I'm just kind of scrolling through Twitter because I wasn't prepared. Uh, but I think Hakeem <laughs> Butler is still on the board. No? Yes? I believe he is. Yeah. I, you know, I don't think he falls all the way to 95, but we can trade up higher in the third round. It was, mm-hmm. Wasn't my wide receiver number one, but he was the guy I wanted the most, if that makes any sense. I just thought that he could be had for good value and, and contribute right away um, and down the line. So that, I think, is Kelvin Harmon still on the board too from NC State? Was another guy I liked a bit. I think I think he's still on the board as well. Yeah. Those are the two guys I would, I would you know, pinpoint for that position. Uh, again, though, I, I'd like to get somebody maybe at center. Um, I don't necessarily – I actually believe that center is more important than right tackle. I think I've said this a couple times. But for me, if you want good pocket, good run push, you get those three interior guys. Not being able to step up in the pocket has been Eli's biggest thing. Not the fact that he had to run away from edge guys. It's that mm-hmm. he, he had nowhere to go with edge guys coming up. He couldn't step backwards and you can't step forwards. You just fall, you know. Um, when you have a quarterback, you're going to need a safe pocket that he can step up into is very important. And just because we have two guys competing for, you know, the starting center position this year does not mean that those are the guys you both want to end, yeah. that we don't end up with. I think, you know, in reality, both of them are backups. So you know, upgrading the position, upgrading the position would be a benefit. And all of a sudden you have three guys in the room fighting for two spots. Then you start to get a little interesting. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I agree with you. All right, so um, you guys enjoy the rest of the draft. Um, I will enjoy with you. I will remain on Twitter to answer as many things as I can. I, I'm trying my best to be civil. I really am. Uh, but I'm trying to also keep it in the fucking real world because you guys need to yeah, check. Yeah, that's a very good point, everybody out there. Just you know, keep a reality check. And just kind of temper what your expectations are and what's what's realistic. We are not a Super Bowl team next year, and it's not going to – we will not become a Super Bowl team based upon who this third-round pick is going to be or not. Agreed. And, you know, this – keep remembering when we fired the last regime why we did and the reasons why we did and the amount of rebuilds required on this team. I think we've already gotten enough – more starters uh, out of last year's draft class than we did – in any other draft class for uh, Reese and Ross. Yeah. Like so many of those draft picks became depth guys that never even became starters. But, I mean, right away, you know, Lorenzo Carter was a fifth-round pick. Yeah. Now, suddenly, he's a guy we're building around. So He's a significant piece in the defense. Yeah. So, I, I thought last year's draft picks were good. Um, this year, so far, the picks themselves and what they're going to be able to do look like they're good. I mean, grading them now is pointless. You know, there's nothing really to say about that. But uh, we'll, we'll see. It looks good to me so far. Well, just for argument's sake, take out take out Jones and just we'll talk about every other draft pick beside him because that's going to be a lightning rod yeah. you know, right. discussion. And it's, 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 it's not gonna a, irrelevant until fucking next year anyway. It's not, yeah, it's not a pick that's going to pan out right now. So take a look at everything else. And so far, you know, with the other two picks, you're going to have two starters right there. Mm-hmm. And let's see what happens today and over the weekend. You guys are already following me on Twitter if you're watching this. Um, maybe not necessarily if you're listening to it, but at football underscore grump. 
and the podcast at Just Giants Pod, which you can find on iTunes, SoundCloud, Podbean, and starting next week, Google Play. You can catch me as always on Twitter at the Cranky Fan, where I talk about everything. <laughs> Not too much lately because I have been sick and I need to go lie down now, but uh, I will be back very shortly. And we'll be uh, another. Our next episode will be on Monday. We'll do a full draft recap and talk about what we like, what we didn't like, and what next steps are for building this roster. It'll either be Monday or Tuesday. I'm not really sure how my Sunday is going to pan out. I'd like to get it for you guys Monday morning, but I I don't Uh, want to make a guarantee. Okay. Figure it out. All right, everyone. Go Giants. Go Giants.